Hey, what's up, Zach? Hey, Lucas, how are you? Fantastic, man. Um, do you know if uh, Samad's hopping on? No, he's not going to make it today. Oh, okay. Got it. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, jump on uh, on his behalf. And uh, I don't know if you had anything in particular planned for today or if it was just kind of follow-up questions and um, going over a few things or not. Yeah, did you guys uh, did you guys get the uh, the training uh, emails we sent over? Yeah, I believe uh, I believe so. Those went to him um, and then to me, so I, I don't I don't get anything personally. Okay. Um, but yeah, so what's uh, let me see? Did you have an agenda for today in particular? Yeah, kind of follow your lead. Is we send over the training and then um, people typically try to implement it themselves. And then usually on this call, I answer any questions that they have about the training um, and any, uh, you know, ultimately we want to decide if um, this is something you guys need or if this is something that you can do on your own. Um, and that's usually where I uh, fill in with this call. So um, okay. I'm happy to, kind of just walk you through the basics of what we do. Um, and then uh, I don't know if maybe, uh, I don't know if, I mean, I know, I know Samad basically mentioned that he wanted to uh, uh, discuss like potential next steps. I don't know if he had a timeline on that or if he, well, his idea was, but um, you know, I'm happy yes. to talk about that too. Yeah, so on our end, we're just going to be taking care of some of the logistics, um, and I'm pretty sure that at this point, we're uh, willing to give it a try and, you know, see where we are on our end. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that we'll be looking at any proposals um, that you may have sent over uh, yeah. for this weekend and getting everything kind of finished up on our end. Yeah. So one thing that we can discuss then, so if, if it's looking like we probably will work together, I think what could be good is I will just um, kind of treat this as a sort of, you know, a, a call where we can kind of go through all the specifics of what it looks like to work together. Um, and also things that you guys can do if you decide not to work with us to kind of continue on with the spirit of what we try to teach people to do. Cause there's, we kind of have a method obviously that we, we, we we're happy if people follow, even if, even if they don't work with us. So I can kind of go through that. And then I think the, um, you know, I think just in general too, um, I, especially with sales teams, uh, understanding like all the moving pieces, cause I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, you know, the number of relationships that you manage or talk to, it just multiplies the complexity of any campaign. So I just kind of wanted to understand like how many people are on your team around the sales function? How many people will I be talking to or am my team be talking to? Just some of these like more specific things um, if we do choose to work together uh, that way we are, we're really prepared going into uh, next week you know if, if we do kick this thing off um, I'd love to know from your perspective what what moving pieces there are on that side yeah absolutely so um, just as far as our dental side is concerned our focus um, on that end is basically for uh, four closers that we're working with um, at the moment. And so that would be really kind of the baseline of our, our sales team on the dental end. And um, we kind of have, if you will, two, uh, two other people that will kind of come into play, uh, which 
we'll take care of some of our other our other business needs um, that also do sales. So uh, as we kind of finalize the logistics, we'll kind of identify if they will be involved more or less. Um, so we'll probably be looking between the four and six number uh, to answer that question. Amazing. So I think what we'll probably do, uh, because if you have four to six people who could be closing or are closing, um, you know, the best way we typically work with companies like that is uh, we will actually take, so we'll actually learn your closing process and we'll actually take the first podcast call ourselves and we'll just be a representative of your company and we'll do it through the podcast we create together. And we will not actually run any uh, LinkedIn campaign for you or anything. We'll just call people up, get them on the pod. And then from there, create basically like this textbook uh, video recording that just shows how the podcast is supposed to work and how you're supposed to get them to opt in. This way, it reduces a lot of the back and forth because sometimes people have questions like, uh, how does this work for our business? Or, uh, hey, you know, Zach mentioned that this is the way we're going to be doing it, but I'm still a little confused about, you know, some of the things and it becomes kind of telephone. So I think we'll just do that first one. And then does your team currently meet uh, like on a weekly basis to kind of review closing and things like that? Is it possible for us to be added to that call to maybe um, bring up uh, how this process is going to work and maybe for the first few weeks, actually just hop in on that call to answer any questions. Cause the thing about the podcast strategy is even though it works incredibly well, um, it's very new for a lot of people, you know, they might not have done it before. And, and the, the last thing we want is for them to feel like they're having to do this thing that they've never done before without the proper training. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, do you guys do meetings like that right now? Or how do you guys typically meet? Yeah. So we have one, uh, one sales meeting uh, on a weekly basis on Mondays. Um, and then I actually do for the specific people that I was referring to um, a daily morning sales meeting and we discuss everything from the day prior. Um, so I don't know where that fits in with scheduling on your end, but that's something that we, uh, that we currently do. Incredible. Um, that's super helpful. I would just love to be on that call. Um, just, you know, maybe a couple times before we even book any meetings onto the calendar. The other thing is that um, I, you know, one thing that I always try to stress with people, especially sales teams, is that basically there's this chasm with like the traditional sales approach and then our sales approach, which is that in the traditional sales approach, you know, you are, you know, you're cutting directly to the people, you get a lot less people opting in, but you are getting, you're, you're directly opting into a sales call, right? So the whole purpose of it is sale, 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 and you get a lot less people, but you are getting people on the board. With this method, the thing I, I like to really stress for people so that way they, they know that the whole purpose of it is to be like transparent, authentic, everything. Uh, we don't recommend that people do this strategy if um, they have to get every single podcast to turn into a sales call, because then people can feel like it's almost like a bait and switch. Um, that's not how we do it. It's not how we recommend people doing it. What the way we do it is, and is, is more just, we interview them and we, at the end of it, we just say, Hey, by the way, I don't know if you'd be interested in this, but we have this thing that we do and we make it very low key and we give them the option to opt in, right? This makes it, this helps keep the brand image very strong with the prospects because that way the prospects don't feel like, Hey, I signed up for this podcast, but now you're just trying to sell me, right? That's not what we want. It's not what we want at all. 
But the reason this works is because we've realized that, and I can send examples over and stuff of this happening. I have live video recordings of it happening. I just did one actually this morning uh, for one of my clients as like their textbook example. But the thing is we, um, we just know that so many people opt in to the sales demo that you don't even need to force them to opt in. They're just, it's just going to happen at a very high rate. But if they feel like it's pressured or they feel like that, then it's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. So typically what we try to do is you say, look, you're going to get about 80% of people saying yes to the uh, demo. Uh, but we want to make sure that uh, there's not this expectation from every single sales rep that this is something that needs to happen every single time. Otherwise, I can actually do the opposite and hurt the brand, right? Which we do not want, right? So um, that's what I recommend all my team. And the reason I get such a high opt-in rate is because I just keep it casual, keep it light. And I realize that even in the event that this person doesn't opt in, let's say it's like the 20% of the time they don't, uh, that person shares the podcast, they introduce it to their network. I can become maybe a partner with this person or just generally increase views to my website and my page. So it serves like a dual purpose. So I would just say that um, just as long as you guys are fully aware of that, it's really important because um, the brand is everything to us. And also for our clients, we know like, especially if you're a scaled up business, brand is super important. Um, so we try to like really emphasize that. The next thing I was going to say was, well, there's really two things. One, do you guys have a super, super, super identified target list? Like if you guys already nailed that, like, do you know exactly who you're targeting? We've kind of discussed this on previous calls already, but I'd be interested to know like the exact demographic types. And then two, um, do you have like a person in the company who you feel would be a good person to like start off with this? So we can then sort of do, we can route it to all the closers at once, but typically what I found is it's better to just do it with one person at a time. You take mm -hmm. one person who'd be super down, you do it with them, and then you expand to the next person, the next person, the next person until everyone is just, you know, jamming with this whole concept and they're just crushing it constantly. So um, I guess those two things, we could start with the list, but secondarily, I'd love to know who you think on your team would be a good person to start with these meetings. Yeah. Um, in regard to the list, are you, are you speaking to like just demographics as far as like what, where, where we're targeting our leads from in general, or what's your, what's your question on that? Yeah. Who you're targeting your leads to right now. I know it's a lot of obviously like dentists, but do you have like a specific kind? Um, all these yeah. different do you already have a list some people already have a list they purchased that we can just reach out to without having to use another one so yeah so we have a we have a team that um, gathers the information for us um, and our, our main focus when it comes to the dental dental field is is probably i would say 80 percent of private private or privately owned uh, practices and so those are going to be um, practices owned by either the dentist or an individual um, who runs one or two practices per se, uh, for lack of better terms. And then uh, the other percentage that uh, is probably, it's still a focus, but not as primary is going to be like DSO uh, offices. And those are um, just going to be practices that are in bulk essentially and have like a corporate ladder. And so getting them to change over obviously requires a decision from someone high up who's going to be changing multiple offices at the same time. And it's a lot more, a lot more dedication and work that goes into that, um, if, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
so we're focused on, on mostly private practices, individual uh, dentists and doctors for the most part. Some of them do own two or three or four practices sometimes. Um, that's kind of where our, our uh, main niche comes in. And then yeah. as far as um, having an individual, uh, that's something that Samad and I are looking at. Uh, we believe that we'll probably have one individual ready to go as far as trying that out versus rolling it out to everyone all at once as well. Amazing. Yeah, because that's the that's typically what we've noticed. I mean, um, and then so um, I guess you, you'll you'll identify somebody and we can work with them. Um, uh, all right. Uh, okay. And then you guys talk. So we talked about this when we first, you know, had our call last week about how um, you guys are maybe not getting as good of a um, opt-in rate from the current outbound messaging as you'd like. Uh, what does that look like, like right now? I mean, does it mean that you're, you're not getting like any sales meetings or do you already have like a bunch of sales meetings that have been booked, even though it's not as good as you want? Yeah, we still have a, a ton of sales meetings that we have booked. Um, just the outcome or the uh, turnaround on it is just probably not at the rate that we'd like to see it at. Okay. So do you guys, because what we could do, so a lot of times, a lot of times what happens, and this is what I've noticed people have issues with when they start a lead gen campaign uh, with another company is there's this expectation. So I'll take, I'll take you through the long and short of it. There's this expectation whenever they work with the lead gen company, it's not just you, it's, it's everyone um, that all that lead gen company has to do is just grab their pitch and just send it out. And it's just going to start producing gold. But for the vast majority of businesses, and you guys actually don't seem seem like one of these businesses, which is why I'm bringing this up, the vast majority of businesses uh, don't actually have a pitch that's working at all. So they just give a they give what they think could be the pitch to the lead gen company. The lead gen company tries it, it doesn't work, and then everyone's scratching their head like, why doesn't it work? Now there's a small percentage of businesses that have actually reached scale, which sounds like you guys have, just like mine, who have figured out a pitch to an audience that does work. Now, it doesn't work as well as they want it to, but it is working and they're booking sales meetings from it. So, the, and, and the reason we created the whole podcast method was because it was able to put a lot more meetings on our calendar than the direct sales method. Um, and it was also able to um, uh, do a great job for people who haven't figured out a sales pitch, right? Who haven't figured out a way to get people from outbound to, uh, you know, to get on a sales call, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, the, the thing that I'd like to know, because what we might do for this campaign is even though we can do the podcast, I think we might also want to A-B test the direct sales pitch and see if we can increase the number of that too. Because if you guys have already, and this is a very important question, if you've already figured out how to get people who don't know who you are to take a sales meeting with you, even if it's not as good as it could be, if it's at least working to some capacity, it might be worth us running that simultaneously. If you guys have not figured out a way to get people who don't know who you are to take a meeting with you, then I think we should just go full podcast because you guys haven't necessarily broken through that ceiling yet of like getting that pitch to work. So it sounds like you have though. It sounds like you've been able to get people who don't know who you are to be interested in you, right? Yeah, I would say that um, the long short of that is that we, we do have people that uh, don't know who we are um, attend a sales meeting. Um, and I think we probably 
it'd be ideal if we're on the same page here, right? If I can have a hundred people book a sales meeting through that process and, you know, only uh, 40 of them show up um, in your process, we only get 50 people to schedule, but 40 show up, right? I mean, there's, there's better numbers there. Um, and, and so that's the goal is if we can scale that to, you know, a hundred and that means 80 people are showing up, then we just have a better opportunity to close them in the first place. Um, so overall, I think that we, we do have a process in which we have had success getting people to schedule the, the call. Um, from there is, you know, whether or not they're able to show up for certain reasons or whether they're interested enough to actually follow through versus actually showing up to the call and, you know, how interested are they by the end of the call? Of course, yeah. those come down to closing and things like that. Okay, very cool. Um, awesome. And then, so in terms of like your uh, current uh, stack, like your sales stack uh, is what I call it, um, you know, just a couple of different uh, softwares that you guys use for uh, just to know kind of where you guys are at in the, uh, the outbound journey. Um, let me know which one of these things you currently have set up and in place. So you guys have a CRM that you manage everything from all your outbound sales, right? Yeah. Okay. And you have, um, do you have like a zoom or some other recording tool where you can record the podcast and also the sales calls too? Yep. And you currently have recording set up. Yep. Okay. Um, Okay. And then count. So like, do you, and you have a booking system like Calendly, like to book yep. the meeting. Okay. Um, okay. What about, um, do you guys have anything like an e like an email newsletter sequence where like your marketing team is uh, retargeting people who haven't, closed or trying to get people back to the website? Like, do you guys have email sequences where you send out newsletters and stuff like that? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Um, all right. And then pitch deck slash demo walkthrough. Um, I actually don't really show people pitch decks personally if they're a SaaS company, because I think they usually like to just see the software but I do both all the time for clients. It's just optional. But do you guys have either one of those things, like a clear demo walkthrough process of the software and or like a pitch deck that people can use to pitch the software to people? Yes. Okay, perfect. You guys check all the boxes, honestly, of being ready to go with this thing. Uh, a lot of that stuff is, is difficult for people to get set up. So I'm glad you guys have everything already ready to go. Um, that's pretty much all my questions. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's definitely a lot of value in, in even like A-B testing that uh, script. Do you guys have um, the closers right now? Do they prospect? Are they required like prospect and close or are they just inbound closers that just get meetings and then they have to close them essentially? Yeah, so it's, it's a mixture. Um, it just depends on on the, uh, the day. Um, so if they're booked in, in you know, sales meetings and, you know, follow-up calls, um, it may not call for it, but if there is uh, time in the day, then that's kind of the expectation is going and prospect from there. Amazing. Um, this is really good. This is really good. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, maybe what we could do just 
as last thing here is just on the list side, uh, let's come up with, I use like this uh, tool called Apollo for list building. Uh, we have some other tools we use too, but this is just to kind of work through it with the client. Um, so I'll just pull my screen up here and we can just sort of kind of go through some basics. Um, I don't know, you know, you said dental, dental practices. Uh, the, the main things I look for is, you know, location. I'm assuming all of the United States is good. Yes. Okay. And then uh, employee size, you said like, you know, 80% of them are private practices. Does that usually mean like one to 10 employees? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Okay. Those are good to get in touch with anyway. So that's good. Um, industry and keywords. So, you know, uh, you know, we could, we could see what, uh, instead of dental to, um, plug in here, how would you just, how would you describe the, like, actually, can you pull up, uh, like one of your clients or customers, uh, if I could just pop their name in here, uh, or the, the website. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can use, uh, Do you just want the website itself or do you want to yeah. Google them? Uh, yeah. brbraces.com. Okay, got it. So it's not even just dentists, orthodontists. Yeah, yeah. Got it. And so the dental world will expand uh, ortho, pediatric, dental, um, general dentistry. Um, so if that is important, that is that. Is that. Okay. And then I'm going to exclude things like, uh, I mean, we don't want any, um, we don't want any SaaS businesses that might do SaaS dentistries or things like that. So I'm going to remove that. Um, okay. I mean, generally speaking, um, you know, and then if I go to, um, let me just pull up. So I'll just call this, uh, I go to people just so we have the right people in the company. Um, you know, usually what I do is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do like, a, either there's a specific title um, and I'll, and I'll actually create what it's called. Like, you might already know what it is, but like a Boolean search. So I'll do something like uh, I'll just grab some of the titles here so for CEO or uh, I guess general dentist would be a good title too. Um, uh, or, um, just dentists talk to any of the dentists. I'm assuming that's who you want to target from these places. You want to target the dentists, right? Yeah. The, the dentist or the office manager are going to be the, uh, the main two people. Does that mean office... like, Oh, like receptionist office manager? No, or no, 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 no. Receptionist receptionist is usually going to be some sort of front desk, uh, for the most part. So the way the dentist is, uh, office is going to work is they'll usually have a multitude of you know, front desk people. Um, and then there will be an office manager who is usually the influencer or, and or decision maker um, for new products or changes. And then the dentist himself. Um, the dentist can also, like I said, be the owner. Um, office manager can also be a hygienist, uh, for example. So 
those are some of the things that we look at. But receptionist usually refers to like the yeah. front desk, front line type of setup. And then uh, administrator, how do you feel about that? Is that good? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so this is a good starting point. So let me. Okay, quite a lot of people. Um, gives us a lot to work with. So that's fantastic. Uh, let me just try some more time, actually. Yeah, there we go. So we got all these people, 22,000 of them, uh, quite a lot. Um, that might be, that might even uh, filter itself down as we get uh, a little more specific with it. But yeah, obviously, I mean, I think we all know there's a lot of dentists and orthodontists. Um, and just to be clear, like it's those two things. There's not, you said there might be another. Yeah. What's the what's the twenty two thousand number? What, what what's that number coming from? Would you say? So those are uh, the people um, that 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 fit the roles that we described here. So it would be people who work at orthodontists or or who, sorry people who are orthodontists or work in orthodontist uh, clinic or somebody who's a dentist or works there and is uh, either like an owner, uh, dentist, hygienist, um, administrator. Uh, general dentist, president, manager, uh, office manager, uh, things like that. We could even go even more specific and say like, you know, we exclude any of the people who are interns, entry levels, things like that. So I can even, you know, make and it. And where, if I, if I may ask, where does it um, pull from? And obviously there's some some variations here, but we, we estimate that there's about 24 thousand dentists in Texas alone and 33,000 in California alone, for instance, let alone the rest of the 48 states out there. So these are a lot of verified emails, um, okay. verified contact info. So it totally, yeah, there's definitely bigger. And actually, if you guys already have, sometimes a lot of the clients we work with already have purchased the list and they can mm -hmm. give us a slice of that list to do the outreach to, Okay, uh, which is fine. So like if you, and, and actually that's, that's normal. Um, we just basically have our own database that includes this. We use this as a starting point because we pay for it. And it's quite expensive, but uh, we have access to tens of thousands of credits a month if we want to, to basically pull verified contacts, kind of like Zoom info. It's very similar. Uh, but then if we want to, you know, like you said, if you, have, if you happen to have already found a broker who specifically specializes in like dentist lists and has all the dentists and all their contact info, we can work with this, but this is going to give us a lot of, uh, you know, ammunition for the next uh, year plus, you know. And also the thing is that a lot of people won't answer, right? There's going to be, let's say, even though we're you're going to get a lot more people to opt in with something like a, sale, a podcast, um, you know, if let's say, you know, the basically the average is 50 meetings. The median is 30. And that's actually because what happens is we book so many meetings for people that uh, we, they can't actually take any more meetings because we booked them out. So usually it's 30 is like the sweet spot for a lot of people, uh, per month. Um, so even if we did contact all these people at a certain point, they actually will, the people who we contacted like a year ago, if we call them, you know, a year from now, they probably won't even remember that we contacted them a year ago. So we could pretty much go through this list ad infinitum, uh, for a while, you know, so. 
but do you have any questions for me? I mean, I obviously asked a lot from you today, but um, this, this gives me a lot of confidence in the campaign and clearly there's a lot of people and there probably will always be a gatekeeper. I think the way to look at this is that the same thing's probably going to happen here, which is, you know, we're going to call people, receptionists are going to answer, you're probably never going to get the dentist. But the only difference is that we're going to be relentless about getting them on a podcast, which is what a lot of people want. They want to like showcase themselves. They want to showcase their brand. And then it's just an odds game. It's like, if you get those hundred meetings booked from a podcast and you create such a good relationship with them from the podcast interview and they like you and they know you, it's going to be very easy for you to bring up like, Hey, we actually have the software for dental practices. Do you want to see it? Plus, we make it very transparent with people. Like we'll put the name of your company on the podcast logo. So they actually know that there's a software company behind it. So they're, they're under, they understand that you guys have this thing. So they're going into it, but the whole point is just to make it as honest as possible and say, Hey, here's where it's going to get posted afterwards. Here's how it's going to work. And just keep it simple, you know, um, not too complex, just very simple. So. Okay. No, yeah. sounds, uh, sounds good to me. I don't have any, other questions uh more just interested in seeing the the workings of it all so um if you could uh i don't know if you can but if you can send me some of those examples that you were speaking about um referring to earlier uh, just like the interview yeah yeah actually this one is a good one i i just did this one uh again like an hour ago uh i'll put in the chat here what's your email i can also email it to you yeah i'll throw that in here Awesome, man. Well, I do hope to work with you guys. Uh, obviously, let me know if you have any questions. I'll resend the email and everything to Samad, but I think he has everything he needs to make a decision at this point. Um, I can even resend this recording uh, that I, of us talking now if he wants to listen to it. Um, but, you know, uh, ex excited. Um, and then also, th that was an example. The one I'm sending is, is for a, uh, a marketing agency. I'll send you one right now for a, um, a software uh, that's also kind of the same, similar size as, uh, as yours. Um, so that should give you a lot of uh, context just for those two things. So, okay. Awesome, man. Um, do you have any? questions for me at all or you good no that should do it for today awesome man i appreciate you and uh thank you i'll talk to you later all right appreciate it thank you see ya bye all right bye